Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined for this, your Wednesday Best Bets episode of the workshop with Jay Money and Sean Little. You can find Jay on Twitter at JayMoneyIsMoney. You can find Sean on Twitter at ChicagoFlow. They're going to give you their best bets for the Wednesday slate in the NBA. Had a nice night myself on Tuesday, thanks to mostly the Pelicans, Pulling a game completely out of their ass without Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and Herb Jones. I chalked that up as a loss. I put that in the app. I was like, do not bet this. I absolutely think this is a loss. Uh, I also hedged with, with Dallas when they went down big and felt fine about go ahead and ensuring that under the circumstances. Uh, but that was then. This is now. We're going to go ahead and get the best bets. A reminder that everything we talk about in this podcast can be found in the award-winning Action network app it's the best way for you to track your picks get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on and you can find all sorts of great stuff like this podcast as well as our daily show green dot daily that gets your betting agenda set for the day as you're listening to this if you catch the wednesday episode uh, i've got a little video component in there about how the take foul is juicing certain props for certain players like Giannis and steph curry keep an eye out on that it's not an overall trend for the overs very specific spots interesting stuff there, check that out on Green Dot Daily in the app or on YouTube. All right, let's go ahead and get started with Jay Money is Money. You can find him on Twitter and on YouTube. Jay, what are your best bets for Wednesday? Yeah, first I want to say, man, there was some good info there about the uh, about the take foul, um, and I encourage you guys to use that action network app man i've been using it for a while it's a really good tool to track your bets and see what some of the experts are on but for me my best bets i have three of them uh, for wednesday's card i'll have the timberwolves first quarter first half and the bounce back spot and then i'm rocking with the nets um as well the one and two nets i'm taking them plus the four here versus the milwaukee Bucks. all right chicago flow we got sean little sean from msg networks what do you like on wednesday slate yeah, Miami Heat, Portland Trailblazers under 222 and a half, minus 110. And then I'm looking at a prop. Tobias Harris under six and a half boards, minus 115. Okay. And for my best bets for Wednesday, I am going up against Jay. I like the Milwaukee Bucks. Minus three and a half is where I got it. I still like it at four. If you get to five, I would stay away from it. I only like this number under five based off of where I have this at. Uh, I also, my other best bet is going to be actually, I can't believe I'm doing this. The Charlotte Hornets plus eight versus the New York Knicks. I can't believe I'm betting on this Hornets team again. I hate myself, (laughs) but I'm taking the Charlotte Hornets plus eight. And I got one more for you. 
Portland Trailblazers minus one and a half taking on the Miami Heat. We'll talk a lot about that game in this episode with Sean's pick as well. Jay, let's start with you as we break down these picks. All right, Brooklyn Nets, they come out the gates, they flop, they fall apart. I think they should have lost that Raptors game. They got saved by a bunch of really questionable decisions and shot making in that one. Uh, They get housed by the Grizzlies in the grindhouse now they're taking on the Bucs, a very serious championship team. Why do you like the Nets in this spot? Yeah, so the Nets, they did lose three of the last four uh, versus the Bucks last year. But uh, the main thing here, this is me watching the matchups. These two teams did uh, face off in the preseason. Now, it's just the preseason, but I think the Nets have an X factor here. Um, I think this team is better built to go up against the Bucs right now, and that's mainly because Ben Simmons can really match up well versus Giannis over there. So I th- feel like that's the main thing. Obviously, the Nets are hungry here for a win. Um, the away team has won the last three meetings as well in this series here. So I know the Bucs somewhat cleaned them up last year, but I think the Nets have a better uh, have a better roster that can really match up well with the Bucs as well. So like I say, Nets coming off that tough loss versus the Grizzlies. It is the front end of a back-to-back, so that worries you a tad uh, versus the Mavs there. But I think this team is in need of a win, a big win as well on national TV. Um, I like the Nets here to, to actually get the win. I'm going to call for the upset here with the Nets plus the four. Maybe a little sprinkle on that money line. <laughs> okay. I'm on the box here, and the reason I'm on the box is the Nets can't defend. Uh, Ben Simmons, his offensive stuff is really worrisome. Uh, He looks uncertain. He looks like a guy that hasn't played in two years. So his ability to match up with Giannis, the most dominant offensive player in basketball, that worries me. Now, I like the matchup, like, theoretically, right? Like, I like the idea of Ben Simmons guarding the idea of Giannis. But on one end, you have a guy that has shown, you know, that he's been in a pretty rough spot and again, hasn't played basketball in two years and is still getting comfortable. And this is not a team where like they empower you and make you feel good. This is a very ragtag, no real cohesiveness on offense. And that makes you a little bit uncertain. And the other end you got, I mean, you got the deadliest shark in the waters. Like Giannis right now is an absolute fucking beast. Um, He's been that way for three years. This might be a better version of him from what I've seen so far in this season. He looks somehow better. I don't know how, but he looks better. The Nets in particular, they switch a lot defensively. They used to give the Bucs some problems, but at this point, honestly, the only way that that works is if you have elite rim protection. I don't think the Nets do. Nick Claxton's had a really good start to the season, but this is such a physical team. This is not a good matchup for him. He matches up better against teams like the Raptors where they don't have a center. Um, The other thing I would say is, look, if we just go ahead and flip home court here this means that this is pick them if we do a, a standard two point adjustment for each team you can fluctuate if you want to give milwaukee two and a half that's fine uh if you give them two and a half then this is nets you know pick them with a little bit of a lean on the money line towards brooklyn i don't think that should be the case i think brooklyn honestly at this point in the season even at home should be a dog of at least a point to a point and a half to this milwaukee bucks team so uh, even though I've got this power rated right in this range at 3.3, I'm going to go ahead and lay the the three and a half with Milwaukee. I like it at four. I like it at four and a half. At five, I think it's a stay away. Both of you guys are better than me because this is the toughest game on the board. For all the things you just said, Matt, Milwaukee seems like the right side. But for all the things Jay, Jay came out with about the Nets as well, this is a big spot. It seems like one of those early season, let's show up and, and, and play really hard. We know Milwaukee's still missing Middleton. Connaughton and those guys so this is an interesting spot this is a complete stay away for me you guys are you guys are you guys are tougher than me to to even look at this game on the board Uh, look I'll say this Jay's on the sharp side right because uh I mean this line has moved 
a point. There's still three and a half on the board at FanDuel. Like three and a half, you can still get as we're recording this on uh, Tuesday night. You can still get three and a half at FanDuel. Uh, there's fours in the market as well. But in the Action Network app, we're tracking tickets and money are coming in on the Bucks. This is the public side. I get it. I'm I'm okay with that. But we are also seeing like it's starting to lean a little bit towards Milwaukee enough to where at least I'm not seeing reverse line movements yet. If I wake up tomorrow as we record this again on Tuesday night, if I record this and on Wednesday, if I'll, I will also add that if, if when you listen to this, this is two and a half, do not stay away from this. If the sharps come in, (laughs) I don't see it going that far. I don't see it going that far. I mean, what what we've seen from the books, I could see why people like the books. I could see why you wouldn't like the nets as well, but this is a team um, that this, I think they do have something. I'm not a fan of the coach guys. I'll be perfectly honest. So I do think that if they do continue to struggle, even though Jim says he didn't want to fire Nash at some point, you have to look to try to save the season at some point. Uh, So he's, he's shown some, improvement but not enough but regardless i do think that they uh try to go all out and and win this game i think they have the much better bench here and i think a few of these bucks guys are starting to lose a bit trend on the tires they're still nba players but abaca george hill and wesley matthews i'm not sure that's what uh what young is necessarily signed up for um as his as his role players over there so still like guys brooke lopez and drew holiday is getting up there in age as well so i see this as a must-win type of spot from from katie Kyrie, ben simmons and the boys all right, so your other pick for Wednesday, you like the Minnesota Timberwolves first quarter and first half play. What do you got on that? Yeah, I'm all over the Timberwolves here, guys. One one of my strongest angles, I love when these two when two teams play back-to-back, especially in the same arena as well. I absolutely love when the favorite loses their first game, man. Uh, we know that they're going to come back with something. They know, especially when the underdog, like I say, and they lose uh, lose outright to an inferior team, they really come back with some with some emphasis and a sense of urgency to come back and smack them. We, the Timberwolves are on a back-to-back in that game, those third game and four nights, all the good stuff. Now you catch the Spurs here in the fourth, uh, fourth straight road game, uh, well, it's obviously third straight road game. They're playing in the same arena, but still four straight road games. Then they head back to the house. The Spurs team has won three straight, man. I'm not buying it. They won't have Devin Vassell as well. I think the Timberwolves come out here and assert their dominance on the defensive end. And they just played a bad game the last game. The last thing I'll say, they did close the fourth quarter, smacking them up 35 to 12. I think they bring that momentum into the first quarter and first half. I like the full game as well, but the early spots here is where the Timberwolves really juice up and smack these spurs up my guys yeah so i'm i this one i'm not going to argue with you on uh i like this spot i like this number i like the whole bag here i like getting the first half on a truncated number as well ever there's been a little bit of like oh boy a little bit of worry with minnesota and you know towns is making fun of uh anthony edwards <laughs> chicken uh, fry the the fried food Popeyes. Popeyes yeah. and stuff like that and there's just like seems the biggest problem honestly i look at the numbers today the problem that they've got is D'Angelo Russell. No surprise. Uh, so I looked this up. When Towns, Edwards, and Gobert are on the floor without D'Angelo Russell, it's, it's going to be a little bit of minutes in, in a small amount of games, but they're plus 13 in net rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you add in and it's all four of them together, they're a minus 0.9. So you're literally looking at a 14-point swing in net rating in the minutes in which Russell is with the other two that's going to come to a head at some point shortly. I can tell you that talking to people around the league, the Wolves were desperate to move Russell this off season. They mm-hmm. tried everything to try and find a way to move him. Couldn't find a deal. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to look for those offers. They obviously are, are set with them now. They're trying to make it work. But he, I think, is a problem in, in kind of making this work. However, however, 
you mentioned the spot as, as kind of a revenge spot. And here's the trend that I think really carries through here. Uh, they started doing these home and home series on the, the baseball type series two years ago, in part to cut down on travel during the pandemic um, to try and limit the exposure, right? You're, you're in the one town, you can isolate there if you, if you pick up COVID. And then also they were just like, oh, hey, this is a really good way for us to truncate uh, schedule. Instead of going to a city twice, you just go there, you stay there, you play them twice, you come home. Uh, if you are the favorite and you lost the first one at home and you're a favorite in the second game in the last two seasons, 24 and seven straight up at 77%, 20, 10 and one against the spread at 67% against an average line of 5.3, which is not that far off of this. And when we're talking first quarter, plus four in the first quarter average margin for those teams at the half, it's plus six. You're going to cover both of those numbers against this, this line. Uh, I don't bet based off of trends, right? You use the trends to either, I've honestly used them more as a stay away. Like if you're like, well, I kind of think San Antonio has it together and the Wolves are not, this trend alone is a reason for you to at least not bet the Spurs. And if you take that even further and you like Minnesota in this spot, which I do, I think there's good reason for it. I will say, Jakob Pertl kicked everyone's ass in that game. I I watched that game today and Jakob Pertl did one, just saying, have some pride, Minnesota Timberwolves. I love Jakob Pertl. But I should never be saying to a team with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, <laughs> Yaka Pertle kicked your ass. Like, that's just not a thing that we should be saying. Yeah. Uh, so I like the spot there. Uh, Sean, you agree? Yeah, I do. And let's stop putting Cat in that same. Cat is a Cat wants to be a guard as much as possible. He, we might as well just call him a guard. So anytime it comes to having a conversation about who's down low and Gobert and getting beat up inside, we got to stop adding Carl Anthony Towns to that, that part of the sentence because – he wants nothing to do with it down there. He was elated when they added Gobert because he's like, oh, perfect. I have, I have nothing to do with being around the basket. I get to be a shooter. Uh, yeah. All right. So, Sean, let's get to your plays. Blazers 222. Uh, there's 222s in the market right now. Uh, 220. There's a 221 and a half in the market. So 221 and a half, yeah. This thing is, is moving. As we record this again on Tuesday, Tuesday night, night, this thing's yeah. moving under. Uh, give me your cap on it and also let me know what the, what the buy point threshold is. Like how far are you willing to go down before it's a stay away? Yeah, Miami's just been struggling on offense. Scored 90 points in a loss at home to the Raptors. They don't get out on the break. 29th in break, 8.3 points per game, 26th in pace, 87 possessions a game, 27th overall offense efficiency. And then on top of all that supporting stuff, if you just watch them play on the offensive end, Everything is extremely difficult. It reminds me of a – I went to the Bulls' home opener this weekend against the Cavs, and everything they did on offense was just extremely difficult against the young, long bigs of the Cavs, and that's what it's been like all year for the Miami Heat. Bam hasn't even scored 20 points yet in a tilt. So I'm looking I'm looking at that, and they've been losing, right? So they're going to be focused on getting back to their roots, and that's going to be solid – grinded out game, slow pace, and playing defense against a white-hot Portland team. Now, Portland's improved on D, ranked ninth mm-hmm. overall in rating. We know that's been their weakness. That's something they addressed this offseason, adding Gary Payton the second and a couple who hasn't been on the floor. But they, they're they focusing on defense. Chauncey Billups has got those guys locking in on that end. Also, uh, a number I thought was very interesting is that they're not giving up any free throws. 
Only 20 attempts given up on the year. That's very important when you talk about – it's called the charity stripe for a reason. Free buckets. The, the, the clock is stopped. That's the stuff you want to look for when you're looking at unders. Also, I was very impressed. I was on the Nuggets minus three on Monday night, and I was very impressed with how they stifled them in the second half. On defense, had them confused in quite a bunch of possessions where there's certain – there's quality possessions in the NBA, and – you still don't get a bucket. These were bad possessions that were ending in bad shots. And I was very impressed with the trailblazers defense in that second half. Also, let's talk about the shooting. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. We already know what Anthony Simons did the other night. Mm-hmm. Looked like Steph Curry. It was ridiculous. He had six or seven threes, I believe in the third quarter, I believe it was six, but he was burning the net down any way you want it. Transition threes coming off pin downs, whatever you want. He was hitting it. And then Dame, his last three games, 15 of 32 from three. The combination of the slow pace, Miami struggling to score, them focusing on, you know, their roots, defense, Jimmy, led by Jimmy Butler and those guys. I think they know that they, for them to even stay in this game and try to keep up, they're going to have to slow those guys. Hopefully we can get a little uh, regression here as well. And it goes under the total of 222 and a half, 222. I would, I, I, I would start to be weary at around 221. I think that's probably where it where it where it settles anyway. Um, I'd still take it under 221. Okay. Hopefully the number still is available in the morning when you're listening to this. Uh, we record Tuesday night. We try and get you the best number. We try and record the window to get tight. Like this show comes out around 2 a.m. every night. Uh, so just be advised that we're trying to get these numbers to you as quickly as possible. If this has moved already in the morning, just be advised you're chasing steam at that point. And that's why you got following the action network. App. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll talk about my play on this. So I, this yeah. is a pretty much a power rating play. I've got this 3.4 after adjustments to both Miami uh, following the loss to the Raptors and uh, the upgrade on the Blazers after beating the Nuggets. I've got this uh, Blazers minus 3.4. That sounds about right to me. Uh, so if, again, if we do the home court flip, that means that we're looking at Miami by a little bit juiced, maybe minus one at home. That sounds right. I, I was high on this Portland team relative to, I think, others' expectations in preseason. So this matches my preseason cap. I'm not surprised they're having early success. I don't think they're going to be a major force in the Western Conference. I disagree with Sean a little bit. I think the defense is probably not going to hold. I don't mind the under in this play because Miami's offense sucks and they cannot shoot at all. Uh, And it's very likely that Miami's defense with how physical they are. I always like fading teams after they put up a big number if they're facing a really physical defense. Like you're used to playing free and smooth, and then Miami comes in and is going to junk it up against you. They're going to play physical. They're going to play tough. Um, So I don't mind that at all. This Heat team can't score. I like your cap on it. I also just think that the Blazers are still going to have enough. Like Dame looks back to me. Like Dame looks great to me. His control of the game has been very good. They're getting good contributions from their top seven guys. The bench is a little whatever. The Heat are probably going to have somebody that that bothers them. Heater without Oladipo and Yurtsevin, probably. That hurts their depth a little bit, even though I kind of trust that whoever the Heat are going to throw out there is going to be a a disciplined, good player, because that's just how good their coaching is. But at home, at home, I know that the Heat went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I was the one that was betting on them last year. I bet them in in that Sixers series strong. Um, They're not the same team this year. Like losing PJ Tucker hurt. Everybody's a year older. Kyle Lowry looks looks like cooked, cooked. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you didn't want to say it. You you were you just let let it out. Let it out, Matt. He's, he looks finished, right? It's, it's man. Like, 
there was a possession where he was trying he was trying to reverse and he hit the underside of the rim and I'm like I've never seen Kyle do that. <laughs> like, I, I just want to say one thing. Uh, I feel like this is something that I kind of figured out and no one looks at the game like this, guys. But you do have an East Coast team early in the season when they're going to these late night games. It's something to pay attention to. Uh, mm. Teams that's used to early starts now they're playing the super late start, right? And then yeah. usually and West Coast teams when they go to the East Coast as well is something I really start to figure out. They really can mess with these. I mean, you got to look at them. They're human beings as well. If you go from the West to East, you're gonna be a little a little messed up as well on the time. So. Uh, I think that's something to look at. It definitely helps your Blazers play there. Yeah, so I like the Blazers minus one and a half. Uh, this is playable, in my opinion, to three uh, because I think I'm even a little bit light on Portland. Like, I'm trying to give Miami as much respect and not downgrade them more, and I'm trying to be conservative on Portland relative to my preseason cap, and I still have this as an ed- with an edge, so I like that as well. Uh, one other thing, I, the numbers are not out on this prop yet. I'm going to be looking at Josh Hart rebounds. It's that this number is out there. It's been talked about. I, I just continue to think if, if we're looking at a game where Miami is going to be junking up shots because they're tired on that road trip, more opportunities. Hart's been one of the most impressive rebounders in the league to me this season. Like it's just crazy. They've also empowered him to get the ball and go. It's the best way for Josh Hart to get opportunities to work with the ball is for him to get the rebound and go. Yeah. Like he's evolving into kind of a matrix type player, which is a really interesting twist in his career. Uh, look for Josh Hart rebounds. I'll probably be looking for both the points and rebounds prop on him as well. Yeah, yeah. really quick, Matt. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a great point because you want to keep him involved because he's definitely not going to get involved too, too much on the offensive end, especially in the half court. So yeah, I, I, I like that explanation. I like that. I, that's definitely a way that they could keep him locked in because they're going to need him to play defense. They're going to need, that's the guy they added late last year to do all the things that a lot of the pure scores like Simons and gang don't want to do. So yeah, I love that. I love that angle. Uh, tell me about the Tobias Harris prop. Tobias Harris under six and a half boards minus minus one fifteen. I'm going to, uh, when, when I haven't decided fully, this is either going to be a, uh, a unit and a half or two unit play. I really like this spot for Tobias Harris under six and a half boards. The Raptors are top five in my two favorite advanced rebound metrics. Contested rebound percentage, 42.7. That's the percentage of rebounds a player collects while an opponent is in three and a half feet of the rebounder. So they're around the ball. The The Raptors are always trying to clean the glass and and do it in a aggressive manner then adjusted rebound chance 62 percent percentage of rebounds gathered when given a chance when given a rebound chance so like if they're around the rock and it's coming off the and it's coming off the rim they're typically grabbing it and, and, and getting ready to go the other way both teams at the bottom of pace you already know the raptors and sixers are at the bottom of the league the only team worse is the new york nets so we know we, we know what time it is when it's less possessions less pace less opportunities to rebound. Okay. So we're looking at the, at the number six and a half. Tobias is kind of feast or famine. There's been a game earlier this year where he had 10 boards, but then there's also a game where he's had two boards this year. He's going to be competing with MB who we already know, but James Harden is the guy that's really been trying to clean up the glass averaging eight and a half on the year has had nine rebounds and two and back-to-back games, I should say, but nothing less than eight rebounds to start the year. I just think there's too many good board men. Shout out our guy, um, Kawhi Leonard. I don't know why I just blanked on his name, but yeah, there's too many board men in this game. We got Siakam, we got Achoa, or Chua, excuse me. We got OG and Bead, and then Harden, just like I alluded to. I think it's feast or famine with Tobias, and this is a game where he picks up the scraps and goes under the number against the Raptors. 
Tobias Harris under six and a half boards. I don't mind you for getting Kawhi since he's out again. And yeah. he, <laughs> hard to remember that he, he played. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind this. The other thing I would say is there's a low offensive rebound opportunity rate. And the reason is yep, exactly they got torched so badly that doc is definitely telling them like, guys, we got to get back. Like exactly right. Mm-hmm. They, they gave up a ton of take fouls last year. I found out and it shows. And that's one of the reasons why, um, they really struggle versus the Celtics. It's one of the reasons why they've struggled mm. early on is that transition stuff. Final one. I'll explain the the Hornets pick as I hate myself. I, I tell myself every day, every day I wake up and I say, Lord, I'm so thankful for everything you have given me. Please don't make me bet on the Hornets. And every day <laughs> it seems like I fail because here I go again. Oh shit. Here we go again. Um, look, I've upgraded the I've the preseason number I had on the Knicks coming off of last season was a minus two. They were two points worse than an average team. I have upgraded them a full four points up to plus two. I have downgraded the Hornets significantly just off of the Miles Bridges thing. And I then take off for the LaMelo ball injury. Um, even if Terry Rozier misses, I still can't get to this number i if i do all of that i still can't get to seven and a half i grabbed this eight when it first came out i think it's seven if this is at seven in the morning i think it's we're getting into yee i don't i would still probably say if you're like i want to bet this game um uh, i'd be like why do you hate yourself but also okay anything under seven then i would definitely say stay away like i think the knicks win this game right if if teasers were a thing in the nba they are not but if yeah, they were not, a thing, do not the, do that. Not do that. <laughs> do not uh, do that. But if they were a thing in the NBA, like this is this would be a spot I would want. I would want the Knicks. I'm not going to lay uh, on the money line because the Hornets are too unstable. And the Knicks, you know, honestly, I watched that that game last night. Julius Randle's back. Like he's back. He looks great. <laughs> you know, and he should truck this team, and they should roll, and all those things. I just can't get to the number. So I'm going to play Hornets plus eight. I would even call it the best bet. This is I am I am communicating this to you, to the world so that you can understand how terrifying and terrible it is for me to try and bet on the Hornets on a night by night basis. Uh, all right, that's gonna wrap it up for buckets for a Wednesday. Great stuff from the guys. Jay Money's got the Timberwolves first quarter, first half. Love those. I'm gonna tail him on those. He's got Nets plus four. I'm on Bucks minus three and a half. Sean's got Heat Blazers under two twenty two and a half. Uh, and Tobias Harris under six and a half boards. Follow us on the Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. Make sure to give us those five-star reviews and hit our numbers up on Spotify. We made the top 20 list on Spotify. We're very excited about that. Thanks for all the support and love for the show. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow with another episode of Best Bets. Until then, let's get buckets. <laughs> <laughs>